Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Once Bitten podcast. Joining me on this show is Justin Redrick, author of From Bars to Bitcoin, and his business partner, Stacy Boyle, Dr. Stacy Boyle, for a matter of fact. And they joined me to talk about their project on how to help and orange pill and make people understand and help get education to those people that need it the most, those people that have been or are currently incarcerated or are entering back into society. Such an incredible mission and I hope you feel the energy from both of these people as we go through this interview. So please reach out to either of them if there's any way in which you think you can help and add value to this project once you've listened. Before we get into the interview, I want to help all of you down the rabbit hole as much as anybody else. Over 1 million of you have tuned in at some point throughout your rabbit hole journey to this podcast. For that, I am eternally, eternally grateful. Thank you so much. Keep sharing, liking, subscribing, whatever it is that you choose to do and help orange pill other people in your own fashion. But if you want people to stack sats, you've got to know where to go. There is certainly some great Bitcoin-only companies out there that can help you get your stack as high as possible. Swan are in the US. That's swan.com. You can get straight over there. Use the code BITTEN. That's going to get you free $10. Set up your DCA. That's dollar cost average plan. And get a direct interaction with the team there if you're a high net worth individual if you just need some help or you're looking to up your education you're looking to take your pension into bitcoin these are the guys for you relay are a company this side of the pond in europe that do all of those same services it's spelled r-e-l-a-i and it's dot ch forward slash bitten and use the code bitten when you're setting up your account you will save on commission when you're smash buying or fiat cost averaging into Bitcoin. They also have the white glove service and they can help merchants accept Bitcoin as well. They have their relay for private. Coin Corner, based out of the Isle of Man, they are serving the UK and all of Europe and have now integrated just recently, if you're following the news of Coin Corner, they have integrated with a point of sale machine merchant out of the UK. That means thousands of merchants across the UK now have the ability just to press a button. It's software built into their point of sale. Lolly is the name of that company. So if you see a merchant with that point of sale machine, please ask them if they accept Bitcoin. If they say no, please educate them that yes, they actually can. Hoddle Hoddle, our global peer-to-peer trading and lending platform at this point of release the bitcoin baltic honey badger conference is about to take place this weekend in riga i don't know if you can fomo in at this stage i have no idea check flights whatever you need to do to get there use the code bitten and you will get a 10 percent discount on that ticket but if you hit the link in the show notes set up your trading account or lending account 
you will also save on commissions. So head over to Hoddle Hoddle, hit the link in the show notes. WasabiWallet.io. Simply type that in your browser, download a wallet, make sure you write down the words, test that wallet, and then pull some Satoshis off of one of these exchanges or apps that you're using because not your keys, not your coins. And what's going to happen is a coin join right in front of your eyes. Before those Satoshis hit your wallet, they're going to go through a coin join and they're going to break that connection with any of the apps or any of the services that you've used before, upping your privacy. Then the last step is to take it from that wallet into cold storage, so an offline hardware wallet or signing device. You can go check out Bitbox02, that's uh, Swiss, bitbox.swiss <laughs> forward slash bitten, and that will save you 5% if you use the code bitten at checkout. Mempool.space is the place to go to track all of these aforementioned transactions. Up your knowledge, what's in the mempool, what are the, uh, what are the fees, so how many sats per byte are you going to be paying to be uh, moving this Bitcoin around, and you can up your education there as well. Doing a great job over at mempool.space. Orange Pill app is the place to go if you want to meet Bitcoiners in real life, which is where the magic truly happens. Getting in front of these like-minded people is the best way to build your knowledge and you can get to a conference too coming up is amsterdam in mid-october use the code bitten or liberty in our lifetime 14th 15th of october parallel structures conference put on by free cities foundation more to come from free cities in later episodes for now just enjoy this rip with justin and stacy hey guys how you doing stacy and justin great to uh great to great to chat again with you this time we are recording that's good that's good that's good we're ready now yep <laughs> well i wish uh i wish i was ready but um yeah lauren lauren is unavailable uh i thought i might be able to draft in samuel but um unfortunately not but i do have uh the first question that they were going to ask and i've just realized my mic is not plugged in ladies and gentlemen the audio any second uh yes right okay uh yes so the, the the question that lauren was interested in in asking you specifically justin and i'm sure you can probably guess what that might be would be why did you go to prison okay well I went that was to... a hot topic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just hop right into it um well a lot of factors went into why i had gone to prison so I'm going to tell it in a very detailed way, and then we'll get to, you know, the actual event. But um, a lot of times in this space, I start the story off with me in high school, and it was my senior year in high school, and my, hold on. So, um... It started in high school and I was playing basketball my senior year. And then I got a message from my mom that we had to move. Our house was being foreclosed on and that was a very trying time. And I didn't really know, you know, where to go. We would bounce around from a few family members' houses. And from there, um, 
I had to go to a whole different school. And so in doing that, I wasn't able to play basketball my senior year like I have wanted to. I wanted to play ball and go to college to play basketball. I had gone to a whole different school, and this school was a bit different from the one I, I was at before. Um, I had known quite a few people there, and I was just hanging out with the basketball team and hanging out. Um, and so one time in high school, we would go to a lot of parties, and sometimes these parties might end like with the police coming or they end like very violently, you know, things can get shot up. And mm -hmm. this one party in particular, I had a friend of mine named Travis Moore. He was killed there. Uh, we were like seven, we were all like 17 years old and it was a bit of a, um, like a bit of a rowdy scenario and people just started like shooting in the crowd and he got hit. Um, and we were there with him until the paramedics came and I noticed that he was he was dying. So he later he later passed away. And that was a very different moment. I was 17 years old and that was just a homicide you witness, you know, you don't really know how to bounce back from. So moving on from there, I had still graduated from high school. I had gone to college for two years, but college was real rough financially, mentally. I didn't go to college with a plan. I was just going to college to get away. I did a lot of partying, smoked a lot of weed, chased girls, and drank a lot of liquor, um, not really understanding what was taking place in my life. Um, and so I eventually dropped out of college. And the reason being I dropped out of college was I was told by a professor that there would be no jobs available for five years. And I was already thinking in my head from orientation, I'm like, well, we have to pay Sally Mae back six months after graduation. And so I was like, this just doesn't add up. Like, why do we have to do this? So I dropped out. And then from there, I, um, I had gone home, back home to Charlotte, still with not much financial opportunities, which I thought. And so I was hanging out with people in my neighborhood and we were all trying to find ways to get money when it was selling weed or doing other illegal activities. And I was propositioned on this idea of breaking into this guy's house who was a scammer because he was supposed to have money. Um, so I was down bad on my luck and I was like, well, let's try it out. And we went to his house. Um, it was somebody there already inside with him. So when we went inside, uh, it was the two of them, and we we had guns pointed at him. We were trying to see what he had inside of his home. There was no money, no cash, like they were supposed to be talked about. And so when all that was taking place, I was sitting there in my head. I was just like, you know what? It's time to leave this shit. Like, there's nothing here. And so then I leave, but somehow, someway, somebody forgot the car keys, so I ran on foot back home and then um, I was on the run for like two months between different cities in North Carolina and the state of Georgia. And eventually I get this knock on the door and my mom says it's the police and I just rolled on over and allowed the moment to happen. 
they came inside my house with guns pointed at me. I immediately had my hands up. Um, and so I was charged with second degree kidnapping, conspiracy, or robbery of a dangerous weapon. And I served three years in prison for it, for it from 2011 to 2014, from the age of 21 to 24. Um, so that's the front end of how and why I went to prison. So Lauren can know exactly, you know, to a degree what took place. Wow. I wish she was here to, uh, to hear that. And thank you for sharing. And I'll, I'll make sure to, to play it back to her. And uh, we can jump on a call another time, I'm sure. You know, we'll get to meet you guys in, in person one day. Um, was that, was the floor, foreclosure on your house, was that going on like because of 2008 global financial crisis? Was that around that time or was that other circumstances? It was like, it was um, around 2006. So I felt like it was, when I look back at it, it could have been like an early you know how people get caught in things early before mm. it gets you know to the to the the precipice level. So yeah, it was around that era. It was around that time because I started school in August. Two thousand and seven was only four, three to four months away. So mm. it was around that that time. Yeah. Damn man, it's all linked, huh? All linked to the money. All right. Yeah. Stacy, <laughs> let's find out a little bit, uh, a little bit about um, yourself, uh, and you know what brings you here. So, what's uh, you know what's been your past career up until this point, and then uh, we'll talk about the the project that you guys are putting together. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I probably have a background that's similar to a, maybe a lot of people in this space, right? So, I've been in the corporate space for over twenty five years. Worked for management consulting firms. I primarily work in the area of learning and development and skilling. So primarily, I would consult with chief learning officers to build out their learning and skilling strategies. And then uh, past few years, I've been really working on their tech strategies. You know, what kind of technology they need, like an LXP. I work for the biggest learning uh, experience platform. And then I work for an LMS company, kind of bundled LXP. So really just globally talking to learning leaders about how to skill their people and build the workforce of the future. And then when I got into Bitcoin, right, COVID hit and I was like, what am I doing? So I'm at home. My sister tells me about this cool app called Clubhouse. So I'm like, what's this thing? It was brand new. I get on it, start listening to just going in all the different rooms. What is this? And for some reason, that room about Cafe Bitcoin, I listened to a couple of times I'm like, this is really interesting. So then I kept listening and listening and COVID, you're stuck at home, right? Just going on walks and listening. Then I find Black Bitcoin billionaires on Clubhouse, start listening to that. Then I start seeing Justin's Bars to Bitcoin session, start listening to that. And I'm going down the rabbit hole. I mean, it's COVID, like I can't, can't quit. And I live, by my, I live by myself, so I couldn't quit thinking about it, reading about it, calling my friends and talking about it like I would not shut up about it. And at that time, I was working, um, I was also volunteering at Rotary. And Rotary, we did the largest uh, youth exchange across the globe. My daughter was in it, actually. Um, so uh, we were talking about, um, and I know the mindset of people that are in Rotary, right? And so I kind of met Justin on Clubhouse. I'm like, hey, I'd love for you to come to a virtual session at one of our Rotary meetings. They would love your story. It would really resonate with this group. And then my whole idea was, you know, kind of covertly was to orange pill all these people in Rotary, 
right? But do it through the back door by bringing Justin in and his story. So we're going to help sell him, sell some books for him and tell the story. Um, and then Justin and I just connected after that. It went really well. They loved his story. You know, they were shocked and they were saddened by his story and happy that, you know, he's a survivor and he thrives no matter what. I mean, that's what's so amazing about his story. And it all goes back to his mindset, you know, his intellect and his will, you know, to make things happen and to do the right thing. So they were really inspired by that. And then Justin and I just like kept talking, you know, here and there kind of professionally. And then um, I would say in 20, the end of 2021, around Christmas time, I had a vision. Satoshi came to me and I lived <laughs> in Chicago. Like, I'm not joking. Something, ha actually what happened was it was icy outside in Chicago and I went out to check my mail and I fell, hit my head, broke my phone. I fell on the ice in the driveway, fell, hit my head, broke my phone, got the mail and I went in and I had a colossal meltdown. I started screaming and cussing like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm out of here. And I said, I'm moving to Vegas. And my daughter's like, what? And I'm like, I don't know. Something came to me and I'm moving to Vegas. And I said, I can see me driving my car, living in Vegas. And then I started thinking, I'm like, Satoshi told me, sell your house in 20 years, clean it up, sell at the top of the market, take all that money, get the hell out, move to Vegas. So I did it. And I said by the end of first quarter, because all I think is my brain just goes like business. So the end of first quarter, 22, I'd sold my house, uh, cleaned it up, sold it, flew to Vegas, got a rental property and was down here by April 1st. So three months later, said all my goodbyes, left, came to Vegas and I got big plans for Vegas. And some of those are on our Blue Sky initiatives. But um, I le now left sort of the corporate space and I pivoted. Uh, and partnering with Justin, when Justin and I talk and we think we see the potential of what our combined skill sets and passion can bring to the field, we're super excited. And I think we've got the right blend of people and we're building the right team to make this happen. And why is it the right thing? For one thing, I mean, we know the Bitcoin ethos is the right place that we want to be. It's where I want to be. And nobody's doing what we're doing. And when we talk to you about this project, you're really going to be amazed with what we're doing and how we're in our proof of work, how we're going to demonstrate that we're going to make a social uh, and business impact to the industry and to people's lives. So I said, we have to do this. So I'm all in. I quit everything, pivoted, and it's me and Justin and the team we're building 24-7 all Bitcoin. So kind of weird. A lot of people have come like from the corporate space. You wake up, you open your eyes and you're like, wait, why am I here? How did I get here? I don't even want to be here. And <laughs> It's, it's enlightening and it's free. It's totally free. I never thought at my age, I would sell my house, leave Chicago, move to Vegas and do my thing. And I'm doing it. And it's fantastic. Can't complain. I love it. And, you know, wow. The, the, the stories that come out of COVID, <laughs> what, what they did, what they did to us was so inhumane. But look what humanity is doing, right? It, it's mm -hmm. making us all question you know, who are they, for example? What? Why are they doing this to us? This None of this makes sense, but making connections and Clubhouse was, yeah, it was such an incredible outlet uh, for so many of us because we had just been depending on Bitcoin Twitter and that was only like the 140 characters and, sh you know, flinging shit at each other and whatever else. But then all of a sudden Clubhouse is on and you can hear these people's voices and you can actually listen to their point of view rather than just, have them you know talk about it in 140 characters and 
<laughs> I mean, well, describe for for those listening, Justin. Uh, you know, describe um, like your relationship uh, that you guys have managed to put together. This is this is a pretty uh, like a random coming together, right? We have uh, you, you, there's an age group, there's uh, an age difference. Excuse me, geographical difference. There's uh, racial difference, but Bitcoin, like, look at this. Somebody once said to us, I think it was a few weeks ago, I told Justin, somebody said to me, they said, you know, you guys are the Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg of Bitcoin, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Justin's like, yeah, but in this case, Martha's not the one that went to prison. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't been to jail or prison yet. (laughs) There's still time, but I haven't been there yet. (laughs) We don't want you to go, neither. But I mean, it was, uh, for me... Like Stacy had reached out to me on Clubhouse. I said, "Who is this woman?" You know, sometimes when you get messages on Clubhouse on on new on new apps at that new social medias, you're kind of like, "What is going on?" Like, you know, you, you you're trying to you know see if it's a bot or whatever. Like, okay, so she's real. Then we had a conversation, and she sent me her book, and I was like, "Oh wow, okay." So I would I'm an avid reader. Um, I've um back in like 2019 one thing about my story is i used to take a lot of personal and professional development courses online and one was a, a course that helped you read and retain information better and then like in the course of like five to seven months i read like 55 books on just random topics that i needed to be that i felt i needed to use to be a better entrepreneur or just better in life and so I was reading some books. I had I used to I usually keep like a list of books I want to read. And Stacy's book was it was after I read um Mastering, what's the one? The Mastering Lightning book by Andreas. I'm like, all right, so you know, this woman, she's she's been she's cool. She invited me to run. Let me read her book. And I read the book. I was like, oh damn. Like it was like next level thinking it and the book helped me and the name of her book is being more strategic in business. And um, what it helped me understand was that I was in the wrong jungle um, as far as like being strategic, think being thinking strategic. Um, She showed a great example of the difference between tactical and strategic thinking. And it helped me open my mind to look at business like from a broader vision and align all your actions to the to the end goal or the result that you want. And I was like, oh God, Lee. So I I just kept reaching out and I would send little tidbits here and there. And yeah. <laughs> you know, she would either chew it up or, you know, she'll give great insight on it. And then I would and then I was like, you know, just take your shot. You know, I was like, hey, you know, I'm I do a lot of great stuff here in Bitcoin, but I don't really know how to turn it into a business or be as detailed as this. I didn't just want to be somebody who was on social media, you know, making jokes, making tweets. Um, I wanted to create something that could like really, really help um, people, humanity, but also um, show that Bitcoin can solve problems that other people care about. 
Um, not just how we look at, uh, oh, you know, here in America, like I say, it's number go up. We're saving money on this or, you know, the lightning is lightning network is doing this or mining is doing this or uh, the dollar is crashing and Bitcoin. Like, you know, all the regular conversations you're used to hearing. I wanted to create something that I could get some some real support around. And when I saw that Stacy had her own proprietary um proprietary instrument called the impact blueprint model i'm like wow she made this and i was like wow you made something like i didn't really know anyone who just made a product that wasn't really a tech product but it led to getting the results and i just knew it was something that i didn't like i told Stacey, I, was like, I don't know what it is but mm-hmm. after x you know and it probably took a few months to, you know, think about it. But I was, um, I always knew, I always have an eye for talented people, no matter who they are. Um, and when it comes to Bitcoin, I would sometimes uh, tell people, like, I'm the only HR rep you need to talk to. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I'm the only HR rep you need to talk to. We'll find a way to get you in here and, um, you know, get your, get what you do out there to the world. But uh, that's how I started. It happened with reading her book, and I was just blown away. Like it spoke high level business stuff. I forgot about yeah. all that. <laughs> now I mean to say it just spoke high level business, and I and I <laughs> felt like it would help translate things, help translate what I was trying to do to people who make decisions, you know, who think on those levels. So that's how that's how it grew about and. What she didn't tell you, the Bitcoin part was, I met her in person the first time in Las Vegas at Unconfiscatable 2022. Someone texted me because I was I was a speaker there. Tone Vase invited me out there. Uh, Natalie and I had just done a, a fireside chat. And then someone texted me saying, hey, Stacey Boyle is here. She says she knows you. I'm like, What? <laughs> I can't even get here and then she was there so she she ended up being there I was like wow so I, and that that was another thing I just took little signs like that like what like dang that was amazing so yeah that's that's how yeah, I, w- I was here house hunting you know because it was March time I think and I had to move here in a few weeks here mm-hmm. house hunting and I found out unconfiscatable was going on I didn't have a ticket and I was with my sister and so we just kind of you know negotiated our way into the conference if you will you know we can kind of get into places so we got in and I just started talking to everybody I'm like hey I'm Stacy from Clubhouse and so I met all my friends you know I, I met Hoddle I met Shelly I met Neil I met all my friends from Clubhouse um and then I then I got to meet Justin in person so it was it was kind of cool so we just all all the stars really aligned you know so at what point did you guys decide to launch this project and let, let's let's dig into what it is that you are you have been conspiring together to to start and you know why you know what is the why i suppose simon sinek start with why yep so the why um the why is similar to what i said earlier finding problems that other people have said they care about and um i would notice how People who create great things, they try to solve world problems with what they create. And 
I would see in Bitcoin how everyone goes to different countries, small countries like El Salvador, or now we have like what's going on in Costa Rica, uh, some different smaller groups in Africa, but just countries over the world who had like a currency problem. And then, then I was thinking in America, like what is the American problem that Bitcoin could possibly solve? And um, from there, I was I was always thinking, so if I take a step back, in 2021, they all run together now. I started doing rooms in, in Black Bitcoin Billionaires called From Bars to Bitcoin because I wanted to be able to teach other people who came out of prison about Bitcoin. And um, so that started online and I had a few people come in. It was every Monday at 8 p.m. And I started noticing like, okay, I started noticing what language was working. I knew, hope that didn't go off. I knew that um, in our community, a lot of people go to prison behind money, the lack of money, the lack of uh, having access to money. And you commit crimes because you have no hope of money. You either commit a crime to earn money or you can commit a crime because you don't have money to take care of yourself. Now you're delusional and go commit a crime over over the delusion of not having money to be able to take care of yourself. So I would share these things and simple. I'll have another friend of mine sell, uh, share like economic tips. And the one thing that stuck out the most was there was this guy there. He had done like 30 years between the years of from between the age of 18 to 40. 48. And I asked my friend, I was like, you know, what was the price of a dollar in 1989? And he was like, uh, like 95, 96 cents, which is still bad. You know what I mean? But it was higher than before. And during that time of that recording, he said the dollar in 2021 was like worth 85 cents. So I, I had that comparison. I had him do that because I wanted to show visually with data that the lack of financial literacy will have you go to prison over money that gets worse the longer you sit there. So it it will start clicking in people's heads like, oh, golly, like we actually do this, you know. So opening that idea, but I wanted to take it a step further to actually go inside prisons. The first time I tried was in 2022. I tried to go in with Vice News, by the way, in Virginia, and they just stopped having conversations with us. They kept kicking the can like, oh, we'll talk to you. We talk, we'll talk. And I just stopped reaching out. Um, but it wasn't until 2023. And Stacy and I had still been communicating at that time. And uh, I had gotten invited to a conference in Houston called Empower. It was it's like the Bitcoin mining conference of all conferences, I guess. But um, they're hearing... Mining CEOs say, oh, we we need people to work. We're trying to influence communities to work. And they had a Q&A and I had gone in the back. I was just like, so what type of people are you looking for? Are you looking for like, you know, people with degrees, high level, you know, tech, like finance professionals? They're like, nah, this is like blue collar work. Um, you know, low experience needed pays pays pretty well for the work that's required. And I asked, like, would you be open to hiring people who are out of prison to work full time for you? And I had to emphasize full time. Um, and they said, it's, it's nothing off the table. I, I introduced who I was and a bit of my story as I did here. And that helped open the door a bit. But we didn't know exactly how. 
and I met someone there. They said, well, you might want to start a nonprofit. So I, I was actually, I was talking to Stacy every single day I was there. And I was like, yo, I learned this. I'm hearing this. I'm hearing this. I'm hearing this. And she's like, okay, we got to, we got to think about this. You know, you got to think about, you know, what you want to do, what's the best route to take. And, you know, after seeing all the tech layouts, Stacy's the one who told me, she was like, you know, a lot of companies just don't really care about people the way they say. You got to find a way to do something that they care about. And I was like, all right. So I think a nonprofit approach would work best because we're involving, improving a community within that we're making. We're looking to not only give jobs and everything, but that could, you know, bring a safer community, a more positive aspect of people's lives. So we did a lot of dirty work. We tried to <laughs> put together a team. Uh, my other, our other, our CFO, Charles Kelly, who's not here to make it with us. And we just started figuring out, okay, what's the best way to go create this nonprofit? And I mean, this completely started from scratch. And, you know, Stacy went digging in. And I'll say, I think the, the conference was in March, right? Um, and by the way, I was invited by Gideon Powell. He's the CEO of Chola Energy. And the conference was in March. And by May 12th, 2023, we have filed our um, nonprofit in the state of Nevada, the Bitcoin Transformation Community. So that's how the nonprofit came about. That's amazing. <laughs> and I'm going to ask Stacey to tell me all about that. But when we talked, that May 12th mm -hmm. date, that rang a bell, as you mm -hmm. said it as uh, an auspicious <laughs> date in your past as well. I didn't forget yeah. about that. So yeah, yeah, that? yeah. So uh, the reason May 12th was so powerful because May 12th, 2014 is the day I was released from prison. <laughs> Man. So nine years exactly, we created the... Nine years exactly was when the state of Nevada recognized it as an entity. And that's goosebumpy a, stuff. That 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 that's like uh, proper Bitcoiny Satoshi number stuff. That mm -hmm. that's that's amazing. <laughs> oh, it's Stacy guiding us. This whole thing is happening. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he I you, he gave you the vision. The coach has got us, <laughs> the puppet master. Oh yeah, heck yeah. He, she, we, they, us, them, ye, yay. Oh wait, 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 wait. We don't want to get too far off topic here, right? This is just a side note. I put out a tweet sometime within the past new decade that Satoshi is an alien. And now we have <laughs> in America, you know, speaking about aliens and, you know, government withheld information. I'm not saying I'm correct, but it's a possibility. I'm not, not saying you're not correct. correct. Exactly. <laughs> no, nothing's off the table here. All right, Stacey. Right. So um, forming an NGO on the hurry up. I mean, how, how does that go? Like uh, <laughs> not, not a not-for-profit organization that doesn't go from zero to launch and rubber stamped without some some legwork on, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's, uh, kind, of, it's kind of interesting because, um, you know, you know, I've been in the corporate world a long time, in the business space a long time, and I had my own LLC for a long time as well. And um, I never thought, and I, I did a big longitudinal study, we'll talk about later, a project for a nonprofit that brought me the idea for the impact blueprint. Um, but the idea of 
of what we want to do needs to align to the Bitcoin ethos. And a nonprofit aligns to that ethos for us. Um, it doesn't mean we are not going to make any money or we don't need to be paid for our time and our work. It absolutely does. But our time and energy and effort are all 100, 1,000% going towards our mission. Everything we do is towards our mission. And so from a business perspective, we did it to align to the Bitcoin ethos. Me personally doing this was a couple of reasons. It's my own maybe more personal story. One was Justin. So being so inspired by Justin and listening to his story and his transformation and his change. I mean, we've all transformed our lives. Bitcoin has changed me. I can't even tell you. I mean, you know, I'm almost a different person, you know, as a result of getting into Bitcoin and just digging in and sovereign individuals like my Bible now, probably. Well, I just listened to it fourth time this weekend again. Um, so Justin's story, Justin's book from Bars to Bitcoin, I dug in, I read it and I'm like, this man is amazing. And it's a lifestyle I'm not familiar with. I don't know. I didn't hang around with people like that. I don't know. But I can understand the survival technique in it. And at the same time, or a few years before, my best friend um, is an Indian woman and arranged marriage. She's 19 years old. And, you know, so she moved here at 19. So essentially that husband from the arranged marriage groomed her. She grew up with him, right? I mean, she was a child pretty much when she came here. And by the time she's in her forties, we find out he's a drug addict, alcoholic, cheating, blah, 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 all the, you know, all the stuff. And, you know, he's mid forties, his mom from India comes and takes him back to India. And she's here with two kids, never worked, didn't have a job, couldn't even freaking put a resume together. But I knew she's the smartest person I'd ever met. I'm like, I'm betting on her. Just like 100% I bet on Justin. These people will make it happen. And so I, we got our house cleaned up. We helped her file bankruptcy. We helped her get her divorce. And the whole thing was just horrific. It was very horrible and very sad. And it made me realize that if she'd had Bitcoin, it wouldn't have been so hard on her. It would have been so hard on me as a friend, you know, help helping her and her family, you know, live emotionally, financially, everything. So my friend going through that thinking about how Bitcoin would have really helped her, this woman in need and Justin's story. I'm like, this is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. And in dealing with this population. So as we start talking about the prisons and start thinking about these projects we want to do, this is when Justin and I kind of came together. We bought the brought together the best of what we know. So Justin's going to explain to you in a minute that he um, met with a group of reentry um, professionals in the prison system. And that's how we met Cardell, one of our big partners. The whole model we built out and what we're based on, that's why our business is called community. We, we leverage the community and we leverage partners. And that's how we get our job done because we've got and diversity of thought. We're all about diversity. Right. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, suck our own exhaust in our own vacuum with the two of us sitting in a room trying to figure something out. Not going to happen. You know, <laughs> so we've got great partners and we're going to talk to you about some of that. And, but I'll tell you, we have the passion and with Satoshi behind the scenes guiding us, the wisdom behind the curtain. This is going to happen and we're going to we're going to kill it. And I want you guys to participate. Come along for the ride. And, you know, if you're so inclined, throw a few sats our way. To help us make this happen, you know, Justin, we'll explain to you. We've got we've got our project on Geyser right now. So as of May 12th, we've kicked in. We're in high speed, and this is our original launch out of stealth mode with you, Daniel, today. So thank you for that. 
Love it. <laughs> All right, Justin, let, let, let's talk about it. What's the vision here? What, um, what are you guys hoping to achieve? Well, the piece of the vision is start. Let me say this. The vision would not have been available. Well, I could have the vision, but the steps toward the vision wouldn't have happened if I didn't meet two groups of people. Uh, one is uh, this man by the name of Cardell Sims. He has an organization called the North, and um, their program is to rebuild North St. Louis, where he's from. But he, 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 he really is the one who gave the the green light for us to come in. He he has a tour of just going to different prisons and providing um, any type of development, personal, professional, how to get a resume, how to use a, a vision board, um, how to you know just be a better person. And he's had he has a tour just to like ten different prisons in different states. And so I asked him, I was like, you know, could could I join? Could we join and you know, be a part of this. He said, I don't know anybody in the in the reentry field who's ever going inside a prison to teach Bitcoin. So <laughs> you know, if you could come in, he said, they let you in, you could come in. I was like, cool, all right. So, but then when I was at Empower, I met a man by the name of Jose De Hoyas, and he is the CEO of Let's Fucking Go Mining LLC. <laughs> now, if- <laughs> And he's a he's he's a he's amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. He's a his his um, focus point is to provide a different layer of standard and um, efficiency to mining in general, Uh, whether it's ASICs repair, whether it's uh, saving you money on damages, anything. He 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 has a team and he's the one who has the training that we're going to be able to send people to, to then go out and get different jobs. So when Stacy said that the vision is a community, it's a community aspect. We're all leveraging each other to be able to, to put this project together. So when I first told him about what, what I was, what I wanted to do, he was already in, like he was all the way in. Uh, he said, you know, heck, this is the type of space where you could just put it into work and it'll work out for you. He said, look at yourself, you know? And so he um, he has this woman on his team by the name of Viviana. He says she used to work, I think, security at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And he he would notice how she would come in to um, come into his job, like after working like 12 hour shifts and come learn about Bitcoin and learn about the mining repair. And now she can train like anyone. Um, he also has this one guy, they call him the maestro technician, uh, Jurgen, I forgot his last name, but he goes by Jurgen, and he he has an affinity with just repairing anything with an ASIC miner. I mean, he's been he's he's been qualified to do this type of work before ASICs was a thing. So yeah. being able to put all of these pieces together and bring about um, you know this collaboration was real key to me because the vision of this of this uh, initiative at the very moment as it stands is for people to get jobs you know upon release immediately some type of job some type of skill when i would go and teach bitcoin i've been invited to um the bitcoin academy created by jay-z and jack dorsey 
And I would speak to people afterwards. I'm like, you know, what did you like about what you learned? How did you like Bitcoin? They're like, oh, it's cool. It's great. But I don't have any money to buy. I don't really make a lot of money to think about buying Bitcoin. The thought of buying Bitcoin was hard to do because there was no real job there to do it. And so the the simplest vision of this project is for people to be able to have hope upon release and have that hope in the Bitcoin space. Um, like, like we said before, is this considered from the outside looking in, if you got somebody with a brand that doesn't call it a scam, they'll say it's a fintech space. Um, it's a dis disruptive new technology space. And within that, fintech pays differently. A disruptive industry can pay differently as well. And where I saw it coming in was like how mining uses wasted energy to mine Bitcoin. I want to see it use like wasted human capital energy and put into the space to help mine Bitcoin, but also allow Bitcoin, the Bitcoin industry in that in that sense to give back and then how see how it improves a community, you know, outside of Bitcoin. Cause these people could just be like, hey, you know, I don't really care about Bitcoin, but I just want a job. All right, we'll get you to care about Bitcoin, but let's get this job first. You know, get you, get you some job, get you a job, um, you know, get you some fiat. We'll we'll orange pill you along the way, but you meet, like we always say, meet people where they are, but what does that really look like, you know, outside of just talking on Twitter and Clubhouse? You know, meet people where they are. Okay, you want a job first? You want to earn some fiat first? All right, that's cool. You know, you're here now. You know, you're here. You're in the space. You'll keep hearing about Bitcoin going crazy and, and ringing bells, you know? So um, that's the that's the division distilled down to the essence of it all. You know, we can... We could talk the business language, right? But ideally, it's to provide hope. And with this tour, um, we don't just want to be one tour. Uh, we 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 look to be able to do this, you know, for quite some time because America doesn't run out of prisons and they don't run out of people to put in prison in America. And they're not going to run out of people coming out. Um, and, and then build it to where we have a skilling initiative as well, where we look to find the missing gaps within, we're starting with mining, but in any type of industry that involves Bitcoin or the world that Bitcoin can influence and still place people in those gaps so we can start filling holes differently. Um, I hope that helped answer the question a bit. If it didn't. No, that's I'll amazing. Just... Yeah. Uh, and I like uh, the idea of using that, uh, uh, stranded human energy, right? Um, oh yeah! Oh no! Wow! We got put that. In, we got put that in the, uh, on the website. <laughs> we're gonna put Daniel. We're gonna put Daniel's it, website. <laughs> yeah, when you think about it, it's just kind of ridiculous, yeah. right? That you've got these people that are right. Um, they may not have a high school education. They probably more than likely don't have a college education. Some do, but it's ridiculous that they're sitting there just wasting time when we can be developing them to build skills to not only help the Bitcoin ecosystem, but more importantly, to help themselves, mm -hmm. right? For when they get out. Mm -hmm. And that's the purpose of the re-entry tours. We've got three primary goals that we're tracking against. And we've got everything aligned to these three goals. The first goal of the re-entry tour is to increase the awareness of Bitcoin. 
and to understand the value and increase the awareness, right? So we're doing that. Number two is to provide people hope upon release because hope can change your life. Hope changes mindsets. And so, so we've got increased Bitcoin awareness, increased hope. And the third one is to fill the uh, uh, talent pipeline for Bitcoin mining companies with skilled and credential talent. So these people have time, they can sit there, they can learn. Now, you're going to have a lot of questions for us. How are you going to get an ASIC in prison? It's not going to happen. But we can answer all that stuff, right? You're right. It's not going to happen, you know, <laughs> but we can do the theoretical stuff. You know, they can read Justin's book from bars to Bitcoin. They start getting inspired. They're going to go to Justin's session and they're going to start digging in. And we're going to then see those, you know, we look, we look at it as a funnel, right? And I've got a video on our website where I talk about it is you'll get people that sign up for the session and okay, I don't know what Bitcoin is. Some people might know, they probably know, probably have more stats than we do. You know, what do I know? And so then we'll funnel down. Those are more and more interested in an actual career in the Bitcoin ecosystem when they get out or um, in the mining space. So our third goal is to get these people the skills that they need to then go get jobs um, in mining. And we, we prioritize mining for a couple of reasons. One, uh, the gap that we've identified, that Justin identified in Texas. And then two, there's a huge sense of urgency with the having coming, right? So these miners need people now. We talked to somebody this week who was using people from a sober living home to help set up you know, some of their rigs for them. So... These are people that want to work and they'll work hard and they're bright and it's ridiculous that it's a waste out there. So we're going to leverage this to make it better for everybody. So with, with the tour, Justin, are you going to be going uh, back in? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah we're going, oh, this, I'm going back in as a, uh, as a civilian, but yeah, I'm going to go back in. We, um we have a prison, on the books, well, yeah, we have a whole weekend, but we have one prison definitely on the books in Jessup, Maryland, in the United States. Um, and it's it's a September few, 9th. Yeah. yeah, September 9th, a few probably a few hours away from Washington D.C. It's called the Howard Howard County Detention Center. Mm -hmm. So we have our very first um, we have our first test run next month. Well, yeah, in September. So. I'll be going back in and we'll be going. We're just going to go in and go and check them out. And so the inmates will, they'll be made aware of who's coming in, why they'll be given, how, how do they do it? Do they, is there a little board you can read or do they hand out leaflets? Like it, it, there's an well, announcement. Well, how, how are the inmates made aware that you are going to be there and that they can then sign up and show interest? So from what we've been told, I think um, they have like a, well, let me just tell you my experience of what I went through in prison. So sometimes you would have a guard or some type of counselor come around and say, hey, we're giving out uh, this initiative here or we're, we're having this program here and it can help you look, it can help your your port, your folder look good while you're in prison. You know, if you're trying to go home early, you're trying to show, you know, that you have, you've been behaving well in prison to better yourself. Um, so those are, those are the typical ways they don't, they won't really go too far in depth about what it will be. I think it'll, you know, touch on, cause I'm, we're, I'm, we're joining a team of people. So you're going to have someone talk about resumes. We're going to have someone talking about personal development. And now if they give them a list, you're going, they're going to see 
Bitcoin uh, education slash mm-hmm. employment opportunities. So it can it can vary from prison to prison and state to state, but from a very general a general way of doing so, from what I remember, you have a counselor come in, they'll speak out loud, they'll put a they'll put a sheet of paper on a bulletin board, people can sign up their name and their uh, prison ID number, and when it's time to go, they're going to be in there. So they don't it is when when there's really nothing else for you to do. You don't really have to give out too much detail, sad mm. to say. Stacey, <laughs> you going with? Well, he and Cardell are trying to talk me into it because I'm like, hell no. I'm not going to, I'm not relatable. I'm scared half to death. And Cardell's like, well, because you said that, you're going in with us, don't you know? Right. Yeah. And I'm like, you guys have to hold my hand. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to stay home and I don't know. The data crunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we got we got a whole plan. We got a whole strategy. We got this mapped out. So this is all on the website. Yeah, let's um, let's got... let's go through the map. So these guys go in. Yeah. They do their thing. They're pilling the uh, you know, the inmates, and they they're giving these guys hope, and hopefully they're taking away some extra resources, and they're going to go back and um, use that time wisely. And um, what next? How, how do they? Yeah, what what? What what are you guys thinking? How how is this going to work? So I think a couple things will happen. One, those that we identify and they self-identify, they're interested in Bitcoin mining. They're really, they kind of are curious. Maybe, or maybe they have some skills. Maybe they've done it. I don't know. This is where then we're going to leverage our partner, LFG Mining with Jose. And they're, they built the curriculum. So they've got, let me say, the theoretical paper-based, because we can't really do videos. We can't do anything electronic in the prisons because we're going to the lowest common denominator, right? To mm-hmm. account because each prison can be different. Some have tablets, some don't. Um, so Jose's got the paper-based curriculum part. So we'll give that, give them access to that. And then upon release, then uh, Jose's got a proprietary method that they're building out on how to train people with... Um, on mining, and I'll let Justin talk about in a minute about the process they're doing with that. It's really freaking cool what they're doing. Um, so Jose is going to help us on the mining side. Other people that are interested maybe in Bitcoin, but maybe they want to do marketing or their accounting or something like that, then we're going to give them another training plan to go down the path of whatever they're interested in that keeps them within the Bitcoin ecosystem. So We'll give them the training plan, right? Then they'll be released. And then we're going to follow them and track them. And we're collecting data. So while they're in prison, I'm collecting survey data, right? How satisfied are you with Justin's presentation? And when we don't hit our targets, right? Then we'll go back and, okay, they weren't satisfied as we thought. We'll go back and tweak something. So the impact blueprint is the proprietary approach he talked about. The map we have on the whole entire process we will follow throughout the re-entry tour and where we're leveraging partners. And we've listed, we've mapped all that out visually and it's on our website. And that's part of the reason why we became a nonprofit too, because transparency and accountability is what we lack in this nation. And that's what Justin and I have. And we will be transparent about everything we do. That's why we put it on the website and it's out there. And we're going to show you how we're measuring the impact we're making. And when we're not doing a great job, we're, we're going to identify it and we're going to retool and we're going to fix it. We're going to go back because we're going to make, we're going to impact those three goals. And that's, and we know exactly how we're going to do it. Um, we'll be flexible and change, 
But yeah, that's the idea is that these people will then have hope and skills and earn family sustaining wages, you know, and will stop this cycle because it's all for us. Like Justin said earlier, it goes back to financial literacy, right? If they had financial literacy, go, they wouldn't have gone to prison in the first place. Yeah. And not then we for money that loses value. Right. You know, that that's, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So, Madness. yeah, so we've got our Geyser project out there now, you know, and we we're nonprofit. So we need any help we can get a um, few ways we want to gain support. Right. You can donate to us through Geyser, go on our website. Um, so, of course, we always need funds, U.S. dollars, Bitcoin to make this happen, to travel and all that. I've listed all out in the Geyser application you see exact expenses you know and of course we're given our nonprofit you know my nonprofit consulting rates buried in there um but we've got so so financial donation and also we need volunteers and i've got we've got the list of volunteer the skills that we need we need somebody to help with grant writing content sourcing things like that if somebody's got a special skill and they want to volunteer and jump in man contact us because it's a community we're going to mm -hmm. do this together yeah justin what uh what do you have to add so um stacy yeah she said something on the lines of um what lfg are doing like uh they're doing very cool stuff with um training oh well, jose's training that's really cool oh yeah yeah so the thing that 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 makes the training like next level Mm -hmm. they, jose has rented out like a 40 foot trailer uh like you know on the 18 wheelers and so had, yeah, it's a semi, yeah, semi truck. So what they're able to do is they turn that trailer into uh on-site repair. And so not only will let's say I think he has one starting in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And so for instance, say we're at a prison in Pennsylvania, which we have on the list, and we provide information like, you know, hey, if you get out within I don't know, a year or so or whatever, or if you might get out next week, who knows, you could go here and apply for this training. Now, the benefit of the training is it's mobile. You can take it wherever. Um, it's a container, kind of like how they build container homes now. But for the plus side for a business, instead of them, let's say they have, I don't know, 100, 100 plus ASICs to get repaired, instead of them putting in shipping and having having the risk of them getting damaged on the way to the site that they're going to get repaired. They're able to just take it over there to the repair site. They repair it on the premises. They can give it back to them, help them save with tons of money and just having ASICs around or in a travel of gas or any of that. And the unique thing is um, one of the unique things they use some like 3d printed parts as well to help uh, cut down on some of the cost and efficiency of creating the trainings and um, repairing the ASICs. And um, he also has like site repair, like he has this entire curriculum, site operations yeah. repair, um, a how-to guide of how to repair an ASIC. And it's not really the, it's a really in-depth, it's not your traditional how-to, like, you know, these are the 10 steps. It's a 33 page document. You know, so you really got to dig into it. Uh, but I think the coolest part is, is that he brings, he's bringing the repair to you. He's cutting out all of the extra costs it takes that you could lose in transport and 
it's a it's an amazing way to do so. We we they're still building out their proprietary model of everything else, but on the very top layer, he's bringing a forty foot trailer to you. They're going to be on site wherever that is for a particular company. They're going to have a training there. They're going to be doing the repairs there. And then as he's skilling everyone else into this role of being, whether it's a board, what do they call it, like level one, level two, board repairman or generator. Okay, one, two, yeah. He's going to be able to then find companies who need mm -hmm. these individuals to more so fund them through to a company to now be able to do the same thing on, on their sites as well. So, or, or use them to build out his own mobile business, right? Where mobile repair yeah. business, then you could have two trucks on the road and three trucks on yeah. the road and four trucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's huge, man. This is, this is awesome. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it's, a... it's literally taking a village to get it done. And mm -hmm. then part of what we're doing too is we're offering them, if they're interested, not required or anything, but our partner with C4, Andreas Antonopoulos' businesses, they were offering them to... Um, take the certified Bitcoin professional exam if they want. Like I did it. I personally went through it, but it was just a personal proof of work to myself. Like how much do I really know? Kind of to test myself. Um, mm -hmm. So with our partnership with C4, they're going to give us a nonprofit discount and we're going to allow some of these program participants to earn their certified Bitcoin professional, um, you know, certification. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the process of talking to Bitcoin talent company because they're um, recruiting and talent placement in the Bitcoin ecosystem. So then through the process, then we would feed them over there and help match them to employers once we get the skills going. So we've got all this mapped out. And you can see we pull in this whole e Bitcoin ecosystem is coming to life right now with this one project. And it like it's global too, right? This isn't just US-based. Yeah. Like these skills are transferable globally. So if you've got inmates coming out that... Um, they, they might want to get back to their own country. They might be from Mexico. Yeah. They might be from Venezuela. They might be from El Salvador. And <laughs> now you're saying, yeah, well, your skills that you've just learned are desperately needed in what was your home country. You don't need to work in the US anymore. If you don't want to, yeah. you don't have to stay here and pay these uh, inflated taxes. You can get back to your family and you yeah. can go and add value back into your community and you can leave this whole fucking nightmare behind. <laughs> you know yeah it's beautiful yeah. you know because the when you say that i I remember being i remember working with people um from all parts of the world one one of my lives before bitcoin was i would do uh retail merchandising and we would travel and set up stores like advanced autos they could just buy a building and we'll put the whole building up and there was this one man there from um, Congo. I like, how did you even get here? He didn't really go into detail how he got here, but he was working and he said, yeah, you know, I worked to, to take back, give back money to my home country. And you can, and you will, you can be in prison with people who are not from this country at all. I mean, people get locked. Look what happened to Brittany Griner. She got mm -hmm. locked up in Russia for two years. Uh, these things happen. So you can now take this skill back and let's say you, you stay, like you said, one of those countries, you have a, a tremendous skill that's transferable because Bitcoin is a global money and everything is so 
transparent and um it's straight up and down like when i was in oslo what i noticed was the language the the focus of bitcoin changes a bit you know it's not so much about number go up it's about freedom and finding ways to bring about that freedom using bitcoin but the ethos of bitcoin stays the same and mm -hmm. with our with this nonprofit the reason it's a nonprofit because it fosters collaboration and community and cooperation without competition. You know, we're not out here trying to outdo you or outdo them. It's like, nah, it's 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 all about the ecosystem, finding unique and different ways to prosper. So, yeah, you could be locked up in America right now and be from a whole different country, go through the program, go through the training, go back home and. You know, there, there's going to be ASIC miners all over the world, you know, all over the world. There's going to be these skills are needed all over the world. It's a global transferable skill. Like, and that's, it's not just U.S. based. So that's amazing. That's amazing within itself. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And when we were talking before, we came up with uh, the idea of the, um, you know, like the forced work that happens in, in a lot of prisons you know it's called the 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 chain gang what oh, yeah, you guys are creating gang. is the time chain gang and they're going to yeah. come out and they're going to just strengthen this network for us and look after the time chain because again harnessing this stranded energy the, the this human capital uh that is just sitting there wasting away it's, what it's wrong it's wrong yeah, it's completely wrong oh. and um I, yeah, hats off to what both of you are doing. I, I really love it. Um, I'd love to... You know, Daniel, I wanted to add one more thing real quick, too, yeah. that we didn't touch on yet. So this idea about skills, right? Mm -hmm. When Justin, when we talk to these mining companies, we ask, what skills do you need? What do you want to hire for? Because I we need to know what skills they're looking for. We know what to train to, right? Well, you can imagine what the answer was. We don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know what skills we need. Can you lift a computer? You know, can you, they don't know. And so when we start talking to more and more mining companies, this epiphany came and we're like, you know, cause I've been in the skilling space so long. We're like, they don't know the skills. We need some standardized skills for mining roles. Now in the future, roles will go away. We're going to all move over to skills-based organizations. That's what I've been consulting with companies with. But big companies aren't even doing it. They can't do it yet, right? We're not there. It's not a thing yet, but it's going to be there. So what we've got a parallel project running on the side where we're working with mining companies to identify the skills that they need for all these different roles in the mining space is tech one, tech two, site leader, all that. So we're going to identify the skills and, and you know, and, and this little cart before the horse, right? Because we got to train these people. Meanwhile, I'm still identifying the skills. But that's okay. We're going to get them training and we're going to identify the skills. I'm going to identify the skills. We're going to work with the mining companies to validate the skills that we identify. And then we're, the final deliverable will be a list of verifiable skills for the mining space that comes from our nonprofit that we're then able to offer to the industry. Mm -hmm. And then our training will align right to the skills um, you know, that we get aligned. We can tweak our training as we need to. So we're running the skills-based uh, project in parallel to the uh, to the Barson Bitcoin reentry tour. 
So there's a little disconnect there because of the time and the space we are in the world, but yeah. that was that's going to be fixed. And we're going to lead the market in this because big organizations can't get to the skills base structure yet, but we're going to move Bitcoin there and we're going to beat everybody else. I guarantee you, nobody's doing it yet. We are. And that that will be transparent too. It just yeah, yeah. Open source, everything, well, all the things. Well, open source, I may, we may, I got to think about it because we may have to charge a little bit or something because yeah. we're going to have to have funding. And, you know, we got our project on guys. So once we get this funding, all this stuff can start going and flowing. Um, but I'd love to just open source, put it out there for free. We get some mm. donations and we can afford to do that. We totally do that. I mean, it's out there. I mean, that's our plan. That's the ethos of the system. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's got to. Folks got to see what's going on, like even with um, our, you know, our our grant or anything we put out there, like it's very detailed and it has to be for a reason. Because um, in Bitcoin, it's so easy to get confused, like, you know, some of these individuals who've been doing very nice talking and high level <laughs> scamming of individuals. So you don't really... You can't hide anything here and it's not good to. I remember um I remember someone saying like what oh man I, f- I forgot but the point is no like people would try to like publicize their private life but make their business as their business life private when you should really keep your private life private mm-hmm. but publicly put out there like where 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 is my money going what is it going to you know like where can we see this where like can i see it in the community how can i like can i see this on paper where's the impact of what's going on um because without that you're just it don't matter if it's bitcoin or not you're just giving it away to a thought you know there you don't really see anything real and that can happen a lot in this space um especially with initial initiatives that don't really deal with the tech aspect of it because you know yeah. you invest in tech you can see oh well you know we gave such and such to this lightning community and they got these up around or we gave this to this and you can see it but you know a lot of times you want to be able to see that proof of work you know everybody proof of work is probably the greatest concept ever put out and without it you just you don't know where you're going you don't know how to measure anything without knowing or without proving that what you're doing is correct and showing other people like, hey, this is where you're hard on USD or CAD or Norwegian Crone or just BTC is going. So transparency is the only thing that we can live by nowadays. It's uh... and that's the challenge we found so far, really, Daniel, is, um, you know, when we get rejected for sponsorship and funding, it's what do we hear? It's always tech. Mm-hmm. They donate to tech because they get that, they understand it, and they have a tangible kind of deliverable. We don't. We're mm-hmm. like a professional services business, right? So that's why the impact blueprint proof of work is so important for us to be transparent and show what we're doing because they're investing in our team and us to move this along. And join us. You invest in yourself, right? Join, yeah. join the party here. I I, I think I like... Uh... Do that. But those are the challenges that we run into, and that's what change we're going to have to make. And a lot of people are just going to be too afraid of touching that, uh, you know, that space, like, you know, and they, you know, I, I don't want to 
be part of Bitcoin. That's all weird. And Bitcoin and criminals. I mean, that what? Like, you know, well, that we got we got crypto and prisons. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, <laughs> so here we go. And we got a business partner that was formerly incarcerated. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, so, so this this is going to be pleb funded or Bitcoin mining funded, uh, I think, um, personally. And that's what I love about it. Uh, so, yeah, I know you're live in yeah. Geyser. I've already pinged some sets over. Uh, I'm looking forward to you guys um, entering into the grant. The new grant round is uh, is going to be live as well. And, you know, hopefully you'll be part of uh, that little reward system. Um, but, yeah, the plebs listening. And I would love if somebody listening is, you know, in the um, in, in in the police force or security guard or you know patrol officer or, or you know, probation officer or something, right? That there's someone out there that's going to be able to help you guys in some way, and they're going to be lit up just as you two are. And I can see the passion and feel the passion, uh, and they're mm -hmm. going to want to, they will want to reach out. But I got to leave it on a few fun questions uh so to both of you um your favorite prison film or movie i don't even uh maybe life but the movie life with eddie murphy and martin lawrence it came out in the 90s and what's funny i was at a prison called caledonia in north carolina tillery north carolina uh, they said it was one of the first prisons ever, and they called it Camp 8. Like, they, it's this movie on life, the prison that Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence where it was called Camp 8. And this prison is so old, it doesn't even have cameras. They have a farm. Like, they they can all the... They, they farm all their food. They can it. They ship it around the state. So, yeah. And that's, that's where I learned how to box, was at Caledonia. So, my favorite prison movie would be Life by Eddie Murphy with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. I got to see that one. I've never seen it. All right. I'm in for a treat. <laughs> I love Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence too, especially in those days, right? That's when they were still killing it. Stacey, yeah. what, what do you got? You know, I didn't expect this question, but I already have an answer. I, it's going to be The Green Mile, of course. Right. Oh, wow. I mean, fantastic movie. And I'm a true crime junkie, like bad. So my life is half Bitcoin, half true crime. So like all that 60 days in, even though that's not real. Um, but any stuff like that, I will listen and I will watch the heck out of. So <laughs> yeah, great show. I, I've got to go with Stir Crazy, which is an absolute classic. Gene Wilder and Richard yeah. Pryor at their best. Oh, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my goodness. So this film must go back to maybe it's even late 70s or early 80s. Uh I don't know exactly. But I remember watching that as a kid. I, my dad loved all of these old um films and these comedians as well. And um I've got to, I, I've still not watched it with my kids. I'm going to have I'm going to have to dig it out and sit down and watch the crazy one night because uh them two at their best uh is yeah. uh and then they get on the prison rodeo and that you know that they're, they're trying to uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember I, I remember it vaguely now that you bring like, I I haven't I haven't watched it since I was probably younger than 10 years old but I do like when you brought it up I'm like oh yeah I do remember that I remember that movie yeah so good I'm about to watch, I'm about to watch it up man I'm going to watch it 
Yeah, for sure. All right. And the last one, of course, if you had one last orange pill left to give to somebody, who would you give it to and why? I guess for me, I'd say all I can think about and I, I'm Justin's brain's going to the same place because I know how he thinks is it's the multiplier effect, right? Is the network effect, the knock-on effect. So who could I give it to as I think through this, like who could I give it to that's gonna make the, have the biggest multiplier effect for us is what I would do. So to me, I'd wanna have somebody that's like a credible um, source. I don't know if I'd say influencer, but maybe it doesn't have to be a sports or rocks or whatever. Just somebody that's trusted and reliable out there. And I think people, somebody that's shown that uh, how Bitcoin can change your life and change the world is who I think we need to go with. But I don't have a name yet. <laughs> right. Name for me. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. So when we say, let's, let's, let me ask this. When you say orange pill, they're like, all the way in like we are right yeah all of your knowledge distilled in one pill and that's the only one you have left i've orange pilled so many people i mean this is gonna this is gonna shock the world jerome powell all right orange pill jerome powell (laughs) stop the rot stop printing That cash, Jerome. Stop manipulating yeah. our interest rates. Yeah. Burn, would, would burn it. Burn it all down from within. If I know, the if Fed. I know, if I know that he would actually be a stone cold. If this orange pill made him a stone cold Bitcoiner, it would be Jerome Powell. Love it. And then we'll watch it. We'll just watch it like melt orange from within <laughs> and like it might you know people might jump out of a building and it, it, it'll get ugly but you know it's not until after the the forest fire where new life begins so mm-hmm. you know we'll just we'll just watch it crumble from the inside out but that'll be my one moment like you know orange pill jerome powell we're gonna watch the money just get fixed slowly and surely Absolutely. And he can uh, confront the, the true criminals that uh, built the federal lock reserve system. Up, but, you know, it'll be yeah. all good. <laughs> Guys. I go back in time or something, I would pick somebody like Muhammad Ali. Right. You know, somebody that's yeah. global, that mm-hmm. everybody knows and respects. Um, that's the kind of person I was thinking to scale, like a Michael Jackson, a Muhammad Ali, somebody that's global and respected globally. Um I can't think of who that would be right now. <laughs> There's no wrong or right answer, Stacey, so don't sweat yeah. it. It's just a fun little thought experiment we do at the end of the show. I choose Muhammad Ali circa 1970-something. <laughs> Bam. You got it. Rumble in the jungle with Ali yeah. and the orange pill. Yes, well, sir. guys, it's been great uh, hanging out with you. Um, I really appreciate what you're doing here. Uh, I think you're going to have such an impact uh, positive impact, of course, on so many different people's lives, families' lives, communities. Uh, you know, going for the uh, the demographic the demographic of people that you're you're trying to um, 
help and give hope here uh the ripple effects of that are huge and um yeah kudos to you both and uh and thank you for coming on and giving up your time and uh, and dedicating yourself to to bitcoin uh, it's very um very humbling thank you man thanks for having us thank you for having thank you daniel Get, tell lauren we said hi and let, let her watch the video because we missed her will do take care guys all right bye. guys take care bye-bye and watch the video she did as did the uh, the rest of my kids actually um listening to justin explain how you can get yourself into um, a pretty quick jam a pretty quick mess and the the reasons behind that where we all know in this space or if you're new to this space uh, you will come to the realization that uh, the world is set up in a specific way and that specific way is uh well some people would say the money is broken when you realize the dark secret that the money is actually not broken it's working precisely as they designed it to work all the way back in 1910 when they got together and had their little meeting in jekyll island uh yeah they forced it into uh the well into congress that become known as the federal reserve act of 1913 it's working perfectly and this is what has created the society we have today. And these are the incentives that um, that people are chasing after. And it creates uh, hardships, as uh, as Justin was um, talking about there. Uh, and it creates all these kind of problems. Um, yeah. So, fuck that. Stack Bitcoin instead. And we will. We will force change and we will get a better society and we will have better chances and we will have hope. And th that is what we are here for. And that is what this project is all about. Like I said at the beginning of the show, for those of you that stuck around and listened to that interview, I'm sure you've got many ideas of how you might be able to help or add value to this project. Please go and find it on Geyser at the very least and throw some sats into the, uh, into the hat there so that they can keep pushing this forward and getting into the prisons and carrying along the uh, the education this is massive and i you know hats off really truly wonderful project and um we should all be uh very thankful and very humble for the the work that's being done here and uh, i hope it inspires many more people and many more projects uh, around the world once uh, once you've listened and uh, shared this interview so that said, thank you as always for listening, everybody. If you're around Riga this weekend, please come up and say hi. We'd love to hang out with you. Or uh, come find me in Lugano. Uh, or Liberty in Our Lifetime in the middle of October in Prague, uh, put on by Free Cities Foundation. Uh, all of these conferences, use the code BITTER and you'll get a 10% discount. And if not, book your tickets up early for uh, Bitcoin Atlantis, which is going to be in March next year first to third of march but go for like a week or 10 days whatever you can manage take the kids out of school if need be it's a big family affair and there's going to be a lot of bitcoin families over there so much great work being done on the ground in madeira as well thank you everybody as always thank you to the show sponsors swan bitcoin relay coin corner and hodl hodl wasabi bitbox and mempool.spacey all of you guys in riga appreciate you take care catch you on the next show